MindSpark Podcast, your podcast to inspire change. My guest today is Chris Burnett. Chris is a well-known culture transformation and org design thought leader, helping organizations, large and small, to navigate change, uncertainty, and bring out the best in their people and business. Welcome, Chris. I'm Hello. so excited to have you with us. Hello. Happy to chat with you. <laughs> nice. Should we get started? I have a lot of questions for you. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Let's speak about org design and culture transformation. So as sure. a culture transformation thought leader, that's a long word, you are an expert <laughs> on trends and also maybe common pitfalls that you see in organizations. And mm -hmm. I would like to know what are the most common challenges that you see in organization when it comes to culture transformation or org design? usually if you want to move towards a more modern setup that supports ownership and high performance. I assume there might be some not to do things on your list, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good question. I, I, um, I mean, every single organization has its, its unique and its own challenges. The one thing that I do see, I think, uh, with, with a lot of large organizations is moving into a world that is more fast paced than what we've traditionally seen in your traditional, you know, business models. Um, whether you're a retail company or, you know, focusing on retail, whether you're consumer goods or, or whether you're B2B, right? I think because of technology and the, because the world has shifted in the last 20 years to things being much more digital, moving much more quickly, having loads of information available that we didn't have before, being able to set our organizations up to be able to move at speed and agility, I think has been sort of the hardest shift for a lot of organizations to make. And when I think about culture uh, shifts and thinking about how do we set businesses up for success in that new way, I think about, you know, the agile cultural transformations that lots of people talk about inside of their organization. They're like, yeah, we're agile, but they're actually waterfall. <laughs> really? Yeah, we're moving <laughs> fast, but they also have like a two-year uh, plan for, for their project or program, right? And so I think that's the biggest sort of mindset and, and hurdle for, for large organizations to overcome, which is how do we truly think of our strategy make it clear what that strategy is and what we're going after, break our organization down into small teams that can move quickly, give teams autonomy, give teams guardrails, and allow them to get the, the work done that they were sort of brought in to do, which gets us to a faster, a better result faster and truly embracing sort of those agile ways of working. So yeah, it's some, some organizations do it better than others, but I think it's a, it's a learn, it's an ongoing learning journey and ongoing culture transformation uh, for most, most large organizations. It's not something you just sort of bring in the agile coaches, you set it up and you walk away. It's one of those living, breathing organisms. <laughs> it's one of those living, breathing organisms that you have to nurture and you have to cultivate. And so, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest, biggest hurdles that I see. Yeah. Awesome. So how, as a leader, would I know when I have achieved or yeah, when I'm at a stage where we're truly agile and not waterfall, just saying yeah. that we're trying to be agile? Yeah, I think um, working in these new ways while you're embracing these new agile ways of working are really starts with mindsets, right? Um, building trust within the systems, um, giving clear roles and responsibilities. Uh, 
being more transparent, just like sharing knowledge in different ways that you've done before, um, communicating to your teams, um, working differently versus, you know, this top-down management style that I think a lot of people have been used to for most of their careers to more of this leadership coach mindset, someone who gets things, uh, gets teams, the things that they need so that they are not blocked, but are still able to move fast. Right. Um, and sort of helping be a new type of leader in the organization. It really starts there. Like I said, you can bring in agile coaches to rethink how teams work together, but without the sort of leadership mindset or sort of that leadership buy-in, it will start to, to fizzle away pretty quickly. And when I think to, to your question, how do, how do me as a leader feel like I feel like I have reached this level of, you know, agility within my organization is when you as a leader can walk out of the room and the work will still get done. Right. Awesome. That's when I think you've, yeah. you've reached that. Now it's going to be hard. And I'm not saying again, that you do it and, you know, you walk away, you, you, you shake hands <laughs> and you say, we've, we've completed it. I think there's always going to be, you know, a new technology, a new consumer demand, a new problem that the world needs to solve. And we should always be going after those. So that, that agility will always sort of shift in different ways. But if you can walk out of the room and your team still feel confident that they know what to do, how to get it done and when to reach to you, then I think you've reached that, that first part of being a truly agile organization. Awesome. Awesome. And I guess for all leaders who are afraid of their jobs now, I think there will always be the need for a leader, for a good leader. There's always going to be a need for, for great leadership. That's not going to go away in a new sort of agile system. And I think it's just the, the type of leadership needs to change. Um, the mindset of what a great leader looks like will need to change. I think it's less of the traditional, I tell you what to do and I expect you to execute on the program, but I enable you, I inspire you. I, I expect you to, to bring the best out of your work that brings the best out of our customers, right? This is a little bit of a shift there, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Do you have an example in mind of the leader that inspired you the most? along your career? Was there this one person that made a difference? I mean, there's, I've, I have been very lucky that (laughs) I was going to say, I've been very, very lucky that I have worked with so many inspiring leaders since I started, you know, I left graduate school and I got my very first job, right? I worked with the at the time, you know, in 2011, I had no idea that this was going to be such a unique experience, but I had a group of three badass women who were my leaders who developed me into the consultant that I feel like I've become, right? Everything from, you know, how to not just project manage, but like really get down into the weeds of like understanding a problem, but also being able to be very strategic minded. And then, you know, being able to really invite people along a journey with you, right? I've always been in the change space. So so being able to sort of have that, um, that, that group of women who, who really coached me and, and brought me along this career path um, was really inspiring, right? Um, and along the way, I've had lots of different types of leaders, but I've always left feeling like I've learned something, that I have been inspired, that what's in front of me to continue to ask questions and continue to, to, to problem solve, fill gaps, but not just do what you're told, but think beyond that. Right. And so that's what I hope for in my leader. And I always think about, you know, my next job, my next role, what am I going to do? 
um, in my next step in my career path. And I always think about, I'm not just interviewing for a new role, or I'm not just searching for a new role. I'm searching for a new leader, a new coach, a new someone who is going to help bring the best out of me as well. And that is probably something that we forget. And we're not told when we're younger joining the workforce, but I would say something to remember for for anyone. If you're new into your, your career path, or even if you're someone longer into your career journey. Yeah. Awesome. That's definitely a great piece of advice. And I think also the industry and the market has changed because when I started to work, it was more like, you should be happy that you get into yeah. a good company. And now it's more like, we know our worth. What are you offering me? This is a relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're millennials, right? I feel like we, we walked into sort of the workforce in that time where it was just be grateful. But then we were also challenging and asking questions like, well, I want to be happy here too, right? This isn't just an exchange for a paycheck. This is part of my purpose. And the part of the reason why I was put on this planet was to do that thing. Right. And we all want that leader who's going to help us achieve whatever it is that that's our purpose. Definitely. Definitely. We, we spoke a bit about leader giving maybe also direction vision and also stability. If we speak about managing uncertainty, How can I, as a leader, make sure I'm there for my team? And now with the VUCA world, that stands for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, it's kind of the daily business. There's COVID, there's a lot of things happening. So what can I do to make sure I'm a good leader in uncertainty for my team? Yeah, I think one of the things that is certain is that change just continues to evolve. And in order to be able to manage that uncertainty, again, it really comes back to our ways of working. If we think of ourselves as just, you know, we put a project plan together and that project plan execution is going to take us a year and we've got to stick to the plan. We know that that plan is going to change. I mean, let's look at the last year, (laughs) right? But what we need to be able to do, like I was saying, is... create the, create the vision, right? What is it that we're out to achieve? What is our target? It could be, the target could be a story. The target could be an experience. The target could be a number, right? But as long as we've got that target in mind, the how we get there should change, right? Maybe it's slow to start, but if we're learning that it's slow to start, then we got to figure out how we speed it up. And if we're speeding it up and we realize that maybe, okay, we've got way too many users on our platform right now. Maybe we need to slow it down a little bit. All of that to say, we've got to make that vision, that that goal, the mission of why we are here to do this work embedded into how, how we do the work, how we show up. And so once we have that vision and we've made that clear, not just to ourselves, but also to our customer, then there's lots of ways we can get there. And it, and that means we've got to set ourselves up to be willing to experiment, to be willing to learn, to be willing to fail. And once we are able to embrace that sort of, you know, test, learn, fail, you know, repeat cycle, we're going to get to that goal faster than probably that, you know, strate- that sort of waterfall project plan. And so it, getting ready for uncertainty means keeping that goal in mind, but being able to embrace changes as we run into different roadblocks or different systems outside of our control. But knowing that we have the ways of working, the mindsets and the structures in place for us to adapt as we go. Awesome. Yeah. I I love this with the strong vision. You have a frame, but within the frame, you're free 
to experiment and try to get towards the vision, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Good. Now we spoke about what you as a leader can do to manage uncertainty for your team, but as a team member, I think there's also ways that I can support and lead positive change, right, Chris? Yeah. 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 As a team member, I think, again, we've depending on what your style is or, or where you work or what your, your leader style is, um, you might be just sort of one of those people who puts their head down, does what they're sort of expected to do. And, you know, that's, that's your role. And I think in this sort of VUCA world, everyone should see themselves as a leader, whether you're leading your work, you're leading your team, or you're leading your customer towards a different output, right? Like clicking this button versus that button, right? Um, seeing yourself as a leader in the system is just as important as seeing yourself as a contributor to a system. And so I think as a member of a team, it, knowing your role, right, which is also very important for, for leaders to make roles very clear, knowing your role, but also feeling inspired to think about not just what I have to do, but what's the best way to do it, right? Understanding that wh whether you're doing it for your customer, whether you're doing it for an internal employee, or whether you're doing it for the planet, right? What is the, the best way to show up, lead this work in a way that is going to get to not just that vision or that outcome that you're trying to achieve, but maybe even beyond that, right? Something that you have that we've never imagined before. So I feel like um, as a member of a team, being creative, but also having this, you know, leaders going back to the leadership frame is allowing those systems for people to feel that freedom to be creative. Because if you're just telling someone to sit down, do what they're told, that creativity or that spark of creativity might never show up. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. we'll vanish after some time. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Everyone <laughs> is a leader in a modern environment. And I think it's also very much connected to growth mindset, what you were saying, mm -hmm. like, how can I become the best version of myself with my unique skills and just get better day by day as yeah. a leader in my team? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Nice. So let's shift gears a little bit because you are working in a very exciting environment because you're combining this love for culture transformation, but also at the same time, working with Web3, NFT, and the metaverse. Oh my so, gosh, yes. Yes. Can you share more about the work that you're doing and also what's the impact on organizations and their culture? Because as I understand, you bring these two concepts together, which is extremely interesting. Yeah, when I think about where Web3 is taking us, right? And so Web3, everyone's talking about NFTs, the metaverse, blockchain, cryptocurrency. It's one of those spaces that has truly been undiscovered yet, right? I think Pete, there are a lot of different players kind of navigating the space with different, really creative ideas. Um, some are working, some aren't. Some are very just like independent versus, you know, big sort of, projects that look more like companies at this point. And so one thing that I noticed or one that I'm thing that I'm sensing, I would say as part of this shift is that um, it's, it's taking on a form that looks very similar to the world that we live in today, right? So systems mm -hmm. of inequality, systems of exclusion, the language we use being not super um, inviting, right? And so what, what my 
my hope is and my challenge is for technologists, you know, uh, financial analysts, you know, business folks who are trying to get into the space is that it is undiscovered, right? We have a moment to recreate or reframe how we explore this new universe, this metaverse, so to speak. And so what I'm asking thought partners and thought leaders in this space is how do we take the, how do we understand sort of the social inequities or the social imbalances that exist in our current world, in our current business, in the way that we do things today and reimagine something that's more equitable in the future. Because we have this moment now to, to that where we're just putting the building blocks in place, what can we do together to recreate and re-envision a future in Web3 that creates a more equitable, more uh, a place that feels like that we can do business, we can do great work, but also become more inviting and more welcoming. And so that's sort of where my head is at. Now I'm telling you, I don't have the answer. I don't think anyone has, but I think we're all sort of exploring this together. So, yeah. That's very exciting. Are there any mechanisms or how do you make sure that because we're all biased and that's how mm -hmm. the old world is functioning in a way, but by creating a new environment, of course, the idea is here to have thought leadership about equity and all these topics. But how do you make sure in the new space that not the old biases are creating a new world with, with similar biases? Yeah, it's it's almost impossible to get rid of all of our biases. I think what's most important is when the communities in this space, which are very, very vocal, very, very um, expressive. And, and you know, you can find spaces on Twitter, you can find spaces in Discord, uh, you know, Telegram, Twitch. I mean, lots of folks are talking about Web3 right now. But I think what is happening is that people in these communities or people in the space are really vocal and holding you know, those who are project owners or business owners accountable for creating that equity, right? This is probably one of the most unique spaces I've ever seen in business because there's no longer an excuse of we don't have a voice of the customer or we don't know what the customer thinks or we don't understand the customer's issue because the customer is talking directly to project leaders, talking directly to the business leaders in this space. And so that is very, very clear on, you know, this, this uh, expression of inclusion and equity and uh, bringing diverse voices into this space. And now it's almost a question for those who are in these positions of power, whether it's, you know, have the technology expertise, have the wealth, um, have the funding to really figure out how do we live up to these new values that our communities are asking for. So that's one of the things that I think for, again, those who are starting to really show up and be leaders in this space. Um, I think those are the questions that we need to be asking them and co-creating uh, solutions for and with. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It, it sounds a lot like a very hyper-transparent or hyper-transparent in comparison to what we are experiencing now in organizations, but a very transparent environment where everyone has access to a lot of information. Are there already some learnings that you can apply to the corporate environment from the Web3 space? Yeah, I think one thing that what I'm seeing in the Web3 space that businesses could consider, right? And I think every business has different reasons for existing. 
is this um, uh, speaking directly to the customer, right? Um, right now, I think a lot of us, we go through agencies, we go through uh, different platforms and we have different messages, but we can also embrace our communities in a smaller, in a, in, in a way that is directly sort of speaking to them. So what I'm seeing in Web3 is you have project leaders on Twitter spaces talking directly to their community. That's not something that businesses do. How they do it, if it's something that they want to do, is a question for them to answer. But there is an opportunity to get directly involved with your community or your customers, right? Um, I think that the transparency as well as sort of these um, these uh, autonomous organizations, so these DAOs that a lot of Web3 projects are coming up with, which is essentially a co-creation of something, right? Um, you know, members of a community can create a proposal on something that they would like to see as part of this project, this Web3 project. And then the team will decide if that's something they want to create for the community. So it's almost like uh, innovation is, is something that the community helps with to create and to ideate on. And then the project leaders can then decide if it's something that they want to take on. Now, that's, again, not something that traditional businesses will do like you know if you go to H&M and you go in the store and you say hey I really wish this shirt was blue instead of green <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to hear much but i think it's it's less it's it's not small like that right it's not these little things these are like big like what do we hope our projects can invest in based off of the profits that we're learning from or the profits that we're gaining that will help improve things based on our mission Right. So if you're so like there are some there's one project that I'm, I'm involved in that is very, very interested in elevating and allowing women to be whatever they want to be in their careers. And so they will they will do things like ask the community or allow proposals from the community to say, where do you think we should invest either our money or or time, our people resources into elevating us to that purpose? So that might look like investing in another metaverse project or another project, Web3 project that helps us get to that goal, that vision. Or it might be something like we do something in the community, the local community. Um, so again, these are these co-creation, these ideas that potentially um, big businesses want to think about. And then the last thing I think is the employment model, <laughs> right? <laughs> so how do we employ people of the future? And I think this is something that organizations really want to consider um, is because I think at this moment in time, creators are really at the forefront of Web3, right? So whether you're a tech creator, engineer, whether you're an, an artist, whether you are someone who makes things with your hands, um, you are going to be one of the most valuable skill sets in Web3. Right. The MBAs, the business school folks are going to be less valuable, not not totally going away. Right. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but what I'm saying is creators, innovators are going to be the most valuable skill set in this space. Um, and so that's something that a traditional business model might want to consider. So if you are a designer or whether you're someone who works in like marketing and digital spaces, I think those are the skill sets that are going to be the most valuable in the future. So rethinking how we, how we restructure creativity. Yeah, it, it's such an exciting time to be alive. And <laughs> what I hear from all these points is, yeah, empowering groups of people that might have not had a lot of bargaining power in the past. 
you know, mm-hmm. some years ago, it was like the nerdy tech people or some artists that are struggling to make money with, with their art. And I have the feeling now the equation is changing and everything is flipping to a different side, which is extremely interesting. And what I thought about when, when you were mentioning, it was like, imagine big organizations taking on the same approach mm-hmm. that all people could be empowered, share their ideas and co-create even the strategy of an organization, this would be a completely different world for a lot of organizations, I believe. Yeah, very different. But I think in the immediate term, it's really um, designers, artists, 3D designers, uh, blockchain experts are going to be the most sought after skill sets, right? Uh, Community managers, people who can talk to people to human beings understand their story um you know folks in the the psychology field folks who are thinking about culture people who are thinking about dei again those skill sets are going to be really really sought after in this space and so i think um when you look at the when you look at some at how some projects are compensating people um i mean it's very different there's royalty sharing models there are um different models of how people get paid through uh, through smart contracts versus your traditional employment contract. And so these are the types of things that I think organizations want to consider. And even if you're not thinking about it, I think you should consider it as something to start to learn about um, because there are going to, there's going to be a massive shift in what skill sets are going to be the most valuable in Web3 and what skill sets do we value the most today in our traditional corporate setups. Definitely. And I think it's not only about skill set, but also, like you said, about working contracts, because from what I hear, I don't have the feeling that in the next 10, 15, or maybe it's only five years, we will all still have our normal employment contract. I work for this company, but maybe it develops more towards a freelancing model that I'm interested in A and B and C, and I do all yeah. of that. How how do you see this? Yeah, there are some organizations that do this, what you're explaining already really well, where you are, you know, I think traditionally you are hired into a role, you're meant to do that job, and you do that job until you move into another job, right? So you either leave the company or you apply internally and you move into another role. But there are some organizations um, who are who are thinking about this model where you join the company, you join the collective, a, you join the community, right? And then you work with someone who is your leader, your coach, whatever you want to call them. Um, and that person is meant to take your skill sets and move it into different places of the organization based off of what the business strategy is. So like, what's the work that needs to get done, but also what you're really good at and what you're passionate about, right? So there might be a project that goes for six months and you, you, as you know, you might, who are interested in people and culture or diversity, diversity and inclusion, or understanding how those two things relate to marketing. So, so maybe based off of the business strategy, go ahead and you do a marketing project for this next six months. Right. And then once that project is done, all right, you've still got these, you, you've got the skill sets you came in with, you've got these new skill sets. So maybe you're going to go and work on a marketing strategy project next. So you are hired into an ecosystem you're not hired into a role and your leader's job is to help you move into different roles that elevate 
your skill sets and elevate the business, but allow you to have that flexibility to continue learning and continue building. Um, so those are there, there are companies, and I won't name them, that are doing that really well. But again, the traditional model, you, you sign a contract, you do this job, and you do it until you move on to something else, is an easy way for people to consider, actually, I'm just going to leave because it's way too hard to try to move into a different part of the business inside of where I'm, I'm at now. So I think that flexibility model is also going to be something that's going to be really important. Awesome. Awesome. And I think it's also closing the loop and getting back to the conversation that we had at the beginning about good leaders and the role of the leader that is changing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Now taking action is very important because I believe all change comes from action. And therefore, I want to ask you as well, what is either your greatest advice or learning, or do you have a specific practice that you do the secret sauce to help you be successful, become a better version of yourself, but also increase the impact that you have towards yeah. your environment? I think one thing that I'm learning right now is to ask more questions, right? I love working with people, right? If you, if you haven't... <laughs> If you haven't learned anything about me in this conversation, I love working with people. And um, one thing that I know is that I uh, see myself as a, as a contributor and I also see myself as a leader and I always want to be learning. And so in order to understand what I should be learning, I need to ask questions, right? Um, and so that takes a little bit of self-reflection. That takes a little bit of uh, listening intently, but it also requires me to be able to ask questions, things like, you know, asking people on my team, like, what do you think I should do better, right? And being bold enough to listen, <laughs> but also allowing for that safety for them to tell me the truth. Um, I need to be asking questions like, what's next for me or what's uh, important to me, right? And, and, and is what I'm doing getting me there, right? And I have to be, so, so in order for me to learn more about myself and learn more about myself as a leader, I've got to continue to ask questions. And so I think if there's any one thing that I could give in terms of advice for someone, again, who's, who's a leader or, or a learner is to continue to ask questions and be self-reflective. Um, I try to do it in the mornings when I'm working out <laughs> um, you know, so I would, I would say, you know, whether it's five, 10 minutes out of your day, just to do that self-reflection, um, and figure out what questions you need to ask today. That's the best piece of advice that I can give. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Chris. I think I will also add this to my morning practice. Yeah. yeah also, cool. Do you have any other thing to share with us before we wrap it up? Oh. I really just, be, I believe in this work and I, be, I know that you believe in this work and I'm just so excited to be able to share these nuggets of information with you. Um, but yeah, the only other thing I would say is keep dreaming the impossible, right? Um, if it seems like it's impossible, if it feels like it's crazy, you're probably onto something um, and just continue awesome. to have that little kid inside of you show up. Um, that's the only last thing I would love to say. Uh, thank you. I feel so inspired, Chris. Thank you so much for being with us, sharing your nuggets of wisdom and giving us a very different Web3 perspective. I think it has been very rich, all your answers, all your content. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 
MindSpark Podcast, your podcast to inspire change. Don't forget to dream big and have impact. It's a journey. If you like my work, you can leave me a good rating and share this episode with friends and colleagues or whoever would benefit from this MindSpark. And follow MindSpark on Instagram under mindspark.academy. Take care and see you for the next episode.